Hi, and welcome to the 128th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is season eight, episode 21. Nicalo? Nicalo? Nicalo, I think it is. All right, I'm going to lean into Tessa's pronunciation. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And And before we get get started, I want to give a shout out um, before we jump into our own stuff. So uh, I started listening to a another series podcast for Superman and Lois over on CW, which is really good, by the way. Very character driven. Very, mm-hmm. very cool storyline for it. Um, was not prepared for how good it is. Henry and Sam are are the uh, podcasters for it, and it's Superman and Lois and Pals. Fantastic podcast. Great commentary. If you guys watch the show or are thinking about watching the show, I highly recommend. Their podcast. So just do you have the exact name? Yeah, it's uh, it's called Superman and Lois and Pals. Okay. So this was a pivotal episode. So I would like to start by saying the the news about Megan, which from my understanding was leaked because NBC has shut down hard, will not give comment. As far as I know, Sony's not giving comment. Nobody is commenting. From what I understand, the news about Megan is the, well, the uh, deadline release. Megan will be leaving. This is her final season. My understanding is that was leaked. I don't know who leaked it. (laughs) I am very, very upset with this individual because I think it really put a bad taste. I, I can only speak for myself put a very nasty taste in my mouth going into this episode. And I was not able to enjoy it. I was not able to watch it in the same way that I would have watched any Blacklist show. And, I mean, I've become more critical over the seasons, certainly, but I still, in general, tend to enjoy the episodes. And I was able, on my, on my rewatch, I was able to watch it with a more critical for the episode, leaving the, the information about Megan more in the back of my mind. So I was able to watch it, and I have a mile-long set of notes for it. But the fact that... It is spoiled for you. The fact that I knew Megan was leaving, I watched it, and I went... We didn't get the answers that they want us to think we got. And so I'm I'm not just terrified. I'm certain that we won't have answers leaving season eight. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't um, I wasn't thrilled with the news, but I kind of expected them to be. I mean, if you look at what the season has got to it was kind of where it was going. So for me, that was a, you know, it's kind of a news, no news. It's, see, One that's, thing is to know it. Another thing is to expect it and potentially get, get it. But let, let's, let's talk about this for a second, because I think it is important. That in a show, the, the premise of it is the relationship between Red and Liz. If you take Liz away from that... One of two things is happening. Either Liz is leaving or they're going to have her go through surgery and they're going to recast her. I think those are our two big options. I think both if are Liz, valid. If Liz leaves, 
we're looking at a show that is about Red and Liz without Liz. If they change the actress at this point, I think that would work very well if this were a novel. But we are in a very visual medium after multiple hours of our brains equating Elizabeth Keene with Megan Boone. So whether you love Megan, whether you hate Megan, anything in between, the idea of her being recast for season nine does not, in my opinion, have a long outlook for the show. I cannot imagine them going past season nine if they try that. Well, I think that that my opinion is different. I am I am more less invested emotionally in the characters and more invested in the mystery and the plot that is happening. So for me, either option actually works phenomenally well with the plot because she is mimicking what happened to her mother that disappear and you imagine she changed her face because otherwise it would be very hard for her to hide. Well, that's what I'm saying. Claiming red hair. That's exactly what I'm saying is that if this were a novel for plot, it makes total sense to have her get a face swap. But for the television medium, which is entirely visual, I think it will hit audiences in a very bad way. They will not be able to make that emotional connection to the character, which is needed for their lead. But if you know, I mean, it was done with Karakurt. Karakurt's actor was not He available. wasn't the lead character. No, no, no. That doesn't matter. You, He's not you a lead did, character. You did say, okay, well, this is it. I mean, for me, it's very easy to accept. You change your face. Now you look different. You you find an act an actress that looks a little bit like Megan. And then it works. And also, I'm all that the, 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 the league thing was, was that she would not be a series regular. It did not say that she's never going to come back. For all we know, she's going into hiding with, with Agnes and is coming back at the end of the season. At the end of we the, got season eight all over again, where she's just not here. And yeah. which was horrible. It was horribly done. I, I disagree. I know you... I know you liked it. I I, I, I call it a a lovely lysication. Yeah, I know. And and I knew you and I were going to differ on this. That's why I kind of just wanted to get it out the open to begin with. You, and and while I love a good plot, don't get me wrong, I don't like watching a show that is just plot. But I, this is why you do theory and I do character development in general. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that we don't blend on a regular basis these days, but... In general, that's the way we come at the show. We just come at it from very different angles. I I thought that the the way they did Liz Absence was actually well done. I had no issues with it. If they had another choice, then it was okay. Uh, The way they brought her back, I didn't like. But if they had no choice but to do it, then then I think they did a, a relatively decent job. And the constraints under which they're working, I think that it was handled well. So that, I mean, I know that we're going to both defer on, uh, on that. And a lot of people feel very weird. Other people feel like, whoa, I mean, the way Liz has been going, this actually feels pretty good to have a little rest from this level of anxiety that she was bringing all the, um, the, the audience in, in the things that she's doing. But, with that said, let us 
let us go into first a first impression of the episode. Forget about the news. Forget about this. Forget. Be, give me your thoughts when you sat down and watched the episode. Okay. Well, and that that's why I wanted to lead in with the Megan news because. I was not capable, my first watch through, of watching it in the manner you want me to respond in. The second round, I was much more capable. And my, so let, let's take that, because for me, that's almost mm -hmm. like my first impression. Okay. My, my walk away was, we had no reliable narrator. They handed us a lot of information that may or may not be true. You... You can, if you really want to, go through in detail, and I did in a lot of this, go through step-by-step step and check it to things that have been said previously. The casual audience is not going to do that. I saw the funniest article today that said something about needing a Rosetta Stone just to interpret this story at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's it's not Did you like it? I Visceral and reaction. That, see, and that, that's the thing. It would have been like, oh my gosh, another one. But we're going to get answers sooner or later if I knew, Me if I did not know Megan was going. Since I know Megan's going, it puts a damper on it that cannot be, like, you can't take that away from it. That okay. news so overshadows. So for me, I, that news didn't do one thing or another for me it was the same. I mean, I'm fine if she doesn't reappear until the end. I'm fine if they recast the the actress i at first when the episode was was airing and i was watching it i'm like what is this there was a lot of that too yes <laughs> yeah could i have been wrong what on earth and then as the more things started to go on i'm like this is this is awful and then i i started going through it and and, you know, like halfway through, I'm like, wait a minute. The first time that Red is going back into focus and you can see that the people have been actually frozen and they're starting to refreeze. I'm like, oh, my God, she's gone full psychotic. Okay, she's is it that or or did it remind you of season two when she was under with all the psychedelics? Yeah. Like, that's what it reminded me of, because things were backwards, things, like, especially when, um, at about the halfway point, it was 1840, so, and it was at a clear commercial break, we saw this set of, of flashing, flashing images of an upside-down American flag, a rocking chair, and wind chimes, that you're going... From Cape May. What? Yeah. And so, but it's, it clearly means something, and you think it's from Cape May? Yeah, those are those are images from Kate May. Even the upside down flag? Yes, even the upside down flag. But for me it was when I saw that and I started thinking, Oh my god, this girl has totally lost it. She is having a full fledged psychotic break and she is I mean, she's just like totally tripping out of all of this. And that's when I started thinking, okay. Okay, this is how I need to look at this because it obvious it's obvious that they're they're walking in this in this space and nobody's paying any attention even though supposedly their boss is there and then they're getting shot and you see like this little bits of like red thing that look like 
like nothing and nobody's paying attention to anything that is going on. So when I rewatch, I absolutely freaking loved it. I enjoyed that episode to no end. It was it was just trippy and and fun and it moved really fast. And once I stopped worrying like, oh my God, how could they like forget this and this and that and realize this is this is exactly like Rasvet, except that this time Liz is telling herself the story. There was absolutely nothing in that story that is not something Liz knew. She did not learn a single new thing. I have heard that reaction from that we didn't learn anything new. I've heard no, that reaction Liz from other didn't people. Learn anything but new. neither the audience really did neither. Oh yes, we did. Not not a lot. Yes, we did. I feel like there were some things that were confirmed. Uh, well, my my biggest issue, I think, with it, and and I think it was done intentionally. So it's not like I think they did it by accident. But my biggest issue was that because of the way that they set it up, it's an unreliable narrator. Totally and completely. Because you're. You're assuming that Red is telling this story. Katarina did this. Katarina did that. Here is the story. This is what she did. Yada, yada, yada. And Liz is doing a season four flashback of I'm reaching forward to my mother's hand. Except there she is right in front of her telling this story. She's now going full psychotic. The moment when her quote unquote father shows up and she goes, I recognize your face. I and just then went, it's like, do you wait a really? Minute. Yeah, <laughs> because you, you say that you didn't remember your father's face. You don't recognize him. You thought Constantine was your dad. You thought Red was your dad. But suddenly, now that this ghost of a person that's not really there is standing in front of you, you're going, of yeah. course it's you. Well, you know what? Yeah. And this is, even this is even worse than her talking to ghost Tom or seeing hallucination Kate. Because yeah. she's talking to people who are not dead, like Ivan Stepanov or Ilya. She's just she's just going on in a whole new trippy thing yeah. of her own. It's I, I'm wondering if she got into some of Red's hallucinogenics. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think that that you know, and, and this is where where things start to to look to be you know very intriguing. And I've told factions of this of this fandom a lot of times please you're the mouse they're the cat they're playing with us and when you enter this relationship you have to be aware that you're the mouse don't give in into oh look they're giving me this because if it's too good to be true if it looks like they're telling you too much it is too much so here's a question for you that I think you'll enjoy. Yeah. And I feel like we should probably uh, piggybacking off of what you just said, because I think it's a very nice segue. And before we get into the depth of what all was said and how it was said, et cetera, et cetera. I have had folks that don't necessarily, con- you know, don't support the red arena theory. Come in and say, was that just confirmed? What's your opinion? Absolutely not. What what it is, it's Liz is 
is coming to terms with exactly the, the reasoning of a lot of the people that go behind with Arena. And I, I am forced to confront that this guy, who supposedly is some stranger, has given up his life without thinking at any given point many times. I'm confronting that I have no idea who he is. I thought he was my father, but, you know, my, I, I killed my father, so it can't be my father. And I saw a report that said that my father's bones were those things that they were being had all over the place. So it can't be I killed my father in that. And, and she has an anger towards a mother. And so she's dealing with it in exactly the same way that most fans are dealing with it. If I'm, if you're, if you're not my father, then you have to be my mother because who else will put up with me? I don't I'm think she even, I, I don't think she even thought that. I think I, she did. She's going towards it. She is, she is leaning towards you have, I mean, who is, it's, you know, I am created this Reddington to look after you. And at the same time, she's, she knows all these things that, we think she has forgotten. I don't think she has forgotten. She had put them aside. And at the end, she's trying now to come with all this. So if you're not my, my father, who else would put up with me? I tried to kill you and you're here trying to save my life. I mean, is there anybody else that could do that for somebody that was not known to them as a child, that supposedly you came into their life when they were like in their 30s, who have... Um, tried to kill you, tried to blow you up, and has absolutely no regard of anything, and still I'm there trying to save your life. No. So that is where Liz is leading to. But was it confirmed? Absolutely not. And for that, I think we need to go right into it. What's your thoughts? Well, I was going to say that from my end, I did not get the impression that she was leaning into that theory, that I didn't... She seemed to... I may have the quote in here. I have so many quotes in my notes. No, I, I don't have it in here. Um, which is about... But there's, there's a comment in there in which... Because w one of the issues I had with it was that you don't know how much Red is saying and how much Liz's mind is filling in blanks. Because she does that often. We've spoken about that multiple times in which he'll give half an answer and then she just makes a flying leap and suddenly that's her truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and she will hang on to that like her life depends on it, because I think her sanity did to a degree. Yeah. And I'm not sure I blame her with everything she's been through, but that's neither here nor there. But at the end of it, it sounded like she was saying, maybe Red was saying, maybe Ghost Cat was saying oh. that he was basically a serenoid for Katarina. Yeah, and that she had created him, that had had sent someone into this surgery, and that basically he had no connection to her, in which I call utter and total BS because yes. you will not find a living soul that is that dedicated to their job. No, I I I always that was leaning like that until my third rewatch. Once I rewatched it on the third, and I started to look for the specific moments and clues, I realized one thing. Um, Red starts to talk, right? He's saying, you know, 13 packets, I brought you here because 
you know, I'm not a, a Russian, um, I'm not a Russian asset. I'm, you know, I'm a criminal, this and this and that. And this, you need to understand how this is done because all this will be yours. And then he says, forget about this. You need to understand everything about N13, about me, about your mother, about you. And in that moment, this goes into into one of those things. Everything blurs. Everything freezes. So I don't think that the actual, you know, when you're you're in a very, very bad situation, like a car accident or something, and you those there's seconds or even sometimes less than seconds that you know you're going to hit something and or you know that something is going to happen in the moment that it ends. It's actually seconds, sometimes not even one second. But, but it in feels like seconds, forever. Yep. You have a whole lot of thoughts and experiences like time slows down and you can pan out a lot of things. Um, and, you know, I, I have a total experience of this personally with, with uh, an accident that happened when my when I was a, a kid and my father had an accident with a gun. And I remember hearing the gun and then running. And in those seconds, um, I, I immediately pan out a whole, like a year without my father. And it, it was seconds until I knew that he was alive and well. So second, well, not well, but alive. So those seconds is what happens here. Because if you see where there are when... Ready saying, Liz stays with the story, stay with the story. You realize that she's being glazed any seconds that have happened. So all this story, I have I have no idea what Red was saying, but I bet it's nothing like this. Well, and that that's my point, is that we don't know. And that's we, part of my problem with it, is we don't know what he is saying and what her brain is filling in. She's glazing over and going, bye, off to La La Land with Ghost yep. Mom and Dad. So I think that that's the important thing to to realize that this whole thing is seconds that she is processing finally, finally everything that she has heard, and for the first time in a very clumsy way, she is actually starting to create a somewhat cohesive narrative. Cohesive for Liz, not cohesive for the audience. We are privy to a lot of things that Liz has no idea of. I mean, it's, it's not a reflection on, on, on the characters, a reflection on our point of view, that we know more than she does. But from her point of view, she doesn't learn anything new. What she does is to put the pieces in a way that start to make sense to her. And a lot of the things that we thought, whoa, how can she not remember? She did. She did remember, and she's putting them there now. Now, from our point of view, that's a whole different story. So I think that we have to analyze this like scene by scene because it's, there are a lot of important information in here. I agree unless you have with something that. else. But Red Arena. So I think that that's where she's going. It's like she's she's getting to this point where Katerina is saying, "Who it is? Who did you create? You create something? Who?" Who is he? And she's desperate to hear. And that's the moment when Townsend comes in and shoots her. 
So I think that her mind is going exactly in the same way that the people who were daddy gators and became like, okay, when the bones, that was Raymond Reddington and the interview. So, okay, so I guess it's not Raymond Reddington. So who could it be? Who could put up with this woman? And the answer is not an uncle, not a, not a guy that is not connected and hasn't seen her in whatever years. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, but it has to be a parent. I mean, nobody else will put up with that. I mean, certainly I wouldn't put it up with that kind of stuff from my, from my nieces and nephews, and I love them, but I, yeah, no. But there would be some tough love going on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, this is above and beyond, and, and this is definitely only, you know, and I think that that's what Liz is coming through. I mean, she has, she's starting to realize she has a lot of anger with her mother, that came out yeah. first when she was saying, like, I don't want to know about Katerina Rostova. She would probably not tell me anything. That woman just framed my father. And and she seems to be going back and forth. And underneath it all, which is what I've said, Liz wants to be accepted. She doesn't need the truth. She needs to be accepted. And for her, the truth is acceptance. It's, it's being told, you're my child and I love you. And she's and being clamping onto anybody who tells who tells her sure you're mine and I love you and that they didn't choose to leave her I think would in her mind because she keeps telling you know ghost cat <laughs> we've had blonde cat now we have ghost cat she keeps telling her you abandoned me she said no I, I saved you and so I think that's the two pieces of her mind warring with themselves mm -hmm. that like she knows and she feels that she was abandoned. And, and she cannot be angry with her father because she killed her father in her mind. So in her mind, there is only one person to blame for all of this. And even though Rena told her she was a confused woman, you know, she was trying to make the best. She is just having to find somebody to put that anger on. And, you know, that's, you know, she aligned... And Red was the perfect one. My father was great. He loved me. He tried to save me, and I killed him. And then my mother abandoned me. And, and so I think in the, underneath there is this fear that I was a bad girl, and they abandoned me because I was a bad girl, because I killed my father. And, and underneath all that, there is that horrendous fear. What was the comment that was made seasons ago? The man that she... The man that she loved killed by the child that she adored. Yeah. I mean, like, hearing that would mess anybody up. And so let's start with, with the so-called father. You know, this this Raymond Reddington. As I think called. we have to start in the very beginning. Okay. I think we have to start by the images that we have. Because underneath all this... I mean, let's think, let's think for a bit, get out of the, of the plot, get out of the show and think of what we're seeing. We're seeing what is a very expensive episode to film. It has a lot of expensive talent all yeah. in one episode. So we have to make the most out of this. It's like Rasfit. I mean, that, those, that was a very expensive episode. They're not going to take that, 
make fantasy images only and then throw them out as if they don't exist. Because the truth is they cost money and they don't have unlimited budget. It's not a movie. So more likely than not, a lot of these scenes will actually work for the truth. So all in this, like Rasford, what we have to do is kind of try to find the images and see what truth is in there. I agree. And my second watch through, I was able to do that a little bit more. And as I was going through, I was jotting down some notes. um, And I I had several pieces that I'm like, okay, I know that calls back to this back in season two, back in season three, et cetera, et cetera. And went back, cut your fan on. (laughs) Um, Went back. And um, and looked it up um, and double checked wording, double checked various pieces that I knew were were callbacks that mm-hmm. I couldn't quite recall. And so, yeah, th- there was definitely a lot of that. And see how much of Rasford and Orion and Kate May they use in this. And you could also, in a way, tell. Okay, yes, this tracks. That's probably accurate, or that doesn't make any sense. Liz is jumping off the ledge here. Okay. So, everything that, that, let's start by those lovely images when you finally see A, Katerina, growing up in Russia. Mm -hmm. And we see her about 12 years old, and then we see her about 16 years old, and... Let's just stop there for a bit and go back and remember the toys that Dom had in his in his barn in a, in a little trunk from the Bronx Zoo. American toys. The, his only memories of Katerina, the things that he had left of his daughter, lovingly saved there, including a, a child's drawing of a cabin that looks just like his cabin. And dearies, I hate to tell you, but that woman was fake, was was blonde cat, not Katerina. That little girl growing up in Russia, that's blonde cat. That actually, maybe, maybe not, but I will say that the wording that she used, the um, I was the son my father never had, which was clearly supposed to be a, a red herring to Red Arena. Like, I mean, when I heard it, I just kind of shook my head and went, all right, how many people are jumping on it? (laughs) Well, but wait a minute. If he were the son that never had and he became a son, uh, how is that Dom doesn't like her anymore now? I mean, now it became the son that the father wanted. Now he doesn't want her. That kind of, it's the kind of thing that when you go 95 miles an hour on the highway. But my point being that that phrasing sounds more like blonde cat who just despised men i mean not i'm not saying that negatively she's just had very very negative uh, experiences experiences with men she yeah. didn't want them controlling her she didn't want to you know every she was man forced in her to life sleep with a guy at yeah. age 15 she was told to marry and so for me that makes perfect sense we knew that she had grown in Russia because she's telling Liz about, you know, I was told what to do. I didn't have any. It, it tracks is exactly what Blonde Cat told Liz. But he, I didn't have any choice. 
the dad did call her. It wasn't quite Katerina, but it was something close. My assumption was it was the Russian pronunciation of the name. Yeah. Um, and so, but Blonde Cat's name is Tatiana. No. No. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't fall there. Don't be a lazy. Hey, you. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But still, I understand oh. an insult when I hear one. <laughs> hey. Okay, so what what did we see in this very funny scenes in which you see Dom, you know, Dom is there. What is he having his young daughter do? She's spying on Russians. Correct? Does that sound right to you? Because Dom was a supposedly a spy master. She says like they're controlling dissidents. But look at what he's doing. He's not having Katerina go there and take notes on her little notebook and then bring them back home to daddy to check. Katerina is doing dead drops of things for somebody else in the network. And Dom is basically isolating himself from those activities using blonde cat, using his daughter, his Russian daughter, to create a network in which he has no involvement over these things. So that's that already is starting to sound to me like that Dom was a, a double agent. He was working for the KGB, but he had another kind of network. And all these guys that were there, what were they doing? Because if this is all above board and they're all working for the KGB, then he shouldn't have to have uh, Kat doing dead drops of the stuff that she's spying on and listening to people and all that and writing things. She should just be bringing home to daddy so that that's a little weird to me and it's starting to sound like okay i think dom was really using this kid from the get-go does it make any sense to you yeah i mean it does it's the fact that we uh, you just have to take a couple steps back and remember that at the moment, she believed, in that moment, she believed Blonde Cat is Ghost Cat. Yeah. And so it would make sense, kind of like Dom's hallucinations at the end of his life, when he saw Blonde Cat, and because she looked like his daughter, he was, he saw young Katarina. Yeah, or he Red was remembering a, a scene and it kind of go went the same way, and he kind of made up so the scene was similar. But, but I think it's it's really easy to get lost in the narrative, and it's done intentionally. Of course, um, and it's uh, brilliant. I mean, this is the three main red speakers that that are giving us this absolutely masterpiece of misdirection. And then let's talk about the mom. The mom had understood him, and that's what I started to think. It's Liz who's going in there because he's taking words that Red used. My mother, that my mother understood me. That's the same that Red says. My mother understood the human heart in conflict with it, with itself. So that is to me is where I think that Liz is making that leap. You know, if Red is not my father, then he has to be my mother. Um. Yeah, I didn't see that. Um. I mean, that's just me, but we, we do know that 
Katarina, supposedly Katarina's mother moved over to the United States. Yeah. We do that, know that. And, so that all tracks. And Liz knows. And Liz knows yeah. this because she would have talked with Wrestler who gave her the story that Ted King gave her about mm-hmm. Lena Volkova that took the name Virginia Lopatin. She also heard in Rasped that, you know, oh, Katarina's mom was like, I love you. And she was telling the mom that she was a traitor. And he's like, I'm always on your side. And so she knows that mommy was a good mommy to Katarina. And she's putting that there. But a good mommy to Katarina would not have left her daughter there. That was kind of my thought. Like, okay, you escaped communist Russia. You didn't want to take your kid with you? Well, not to mention um, that if she went there as a wife of an apparatchik, I'm sorry, but that wouldn't have happened in a thousand years unless she was also KGB. They would have never left somebody who had that much information about a master spy out into America. And if she had, she would have been an informant from the day she arrived. So that that entire thing makes no sense. And I think that's Liz just putting pieces that she knows. What she doesn't know is that Blonde Cat, in that hallucination with Dom, calls Lena Dom's wife, not my mother. Because she doesn't know that she doesn't get incorporated into the story. Because that's not part of what Liz knows. Make sense? Yeah, I think so. walking through it (laughs) i I, i've seen it two times not three i feel like it's one of those that you'll keep finding things yeah oh yeah definitely you'll see it like three times into now i have some phrases that i have marked like i really need to look into this because this sounds like writer to me like this is this is one of those things that he would write and you know that you need to look very carefully at the wording yeah um so so we have a blonde cat, and so it's entirely possible that what we're seeing are actual scenes that will be used later to show us what blonde cat was. Was she a twin to Katerina? Was she a girl that looked so much like her that Dom took her in? But I think by now it's pretty certain that blonde cat grew up in Russia as Dom's daughter. And if you see, I mean, she even calls him Papa when she's when he is hallucinating. So obviously, and she tells like, I don't care if he tells me the woman I'm now or the woman I was then. That means that back then she's going back to when she was a young woman. Yeah. And she thinks he's talking to her. She had no idea that he's talking about somebody else. My Katerina, my daughter. You know, the one I love instead of that woman, go to hell, some daughter. Well, I I would just like to take the moment to say, because we regularly say if the other person calls something, we'll pat that person on the back. So would you like to exchange pats on the back (laughs) to both of us? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) There were some people that dug in and were convinced that, and I don't know if they were as much convinced as they were just so tired of the back and forth. And and I totally understand that. I don't hold that against anybody, but I felt like it was a a father that wasn't a father. Everybody was saying like, they cannot do a mother that is not a mother. This I can't because whatever they do, they do it for in duplicate or triplicate. Oh, but they will. (laughs) Yep. Exactly that. Um, and then we have, we have, um, Katerina 
uh, as a young, and then she is told who to marry. And that is, I feel that something that I've been saying for a long time. Constantine was not a marriage for love. It was a convenient marriage. And it's what Red told Constantine. You know, you were a mark. I was going to say, I think it's been a pretty steady thing that she never really loved Constantine. Well, it's like she totally ignored it. But what is interesting is, is who was the Katerina that married Constantine? And that's when we start going into the fun stuff. I think it's fair to say. Um, Now, if your theory is correct about the young Katerina being blonde cat, if that's accurate, the question would be, when did they switch? But I believe Lottie's cat was the one married to Constantine. It was the one hiring Kate. I can't imagine that there would be two women married to the same man. That wouldn't pass. Plus, besides, besides realize that that blonde cat never mentioned Kate. Yeah. She had no idea about the fire. She had no idea about about Kate. She never mentioned that. So those yeah. are the things that are outside her realm of, of knowledge. All, all of that is Lottie's cat. And so she married Constantine. It was a loveless marriage. And... Not only did her father tell her who to marry, she he told her who she would would cheat on her husband with, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Yes, it was very interesting. Um, so we we don't we do not really know who was the the Katerina who married Constantine, but we know one of them did. I I think it was Lottie's cat. I mean, I think that's all that makes sense. I I. To me, it makes sense that she was the one who was there when she hired Kate. I am not sure before because we never saw before. And all we got in this episode was that scene when they're, you know, that she's giving birth and Constantine is there. And well, that's what I'm saying. Constantine would know if they were two different women. Unless they're twins. Maybe. If they're identical, but they, I mean... They would have to be very identical, and he yeah. would have to spend a very little time at home. <laughs> Which he um, did, and he was a little dope. I mean, she would. I mean, if anybody could pull that off, it would be this Katerina's. Yeah, it, if they were identical twins, maybe. Yeah. Um, but we know that one of them did, and then one of them gets assigned to Raymond Reddington, if that was Raymond Reddington. In Moscow. But let's say it is. Let's say that is Reddington, the young Reddington, and he's in Moscow. And he's there, and this woman comes up to him, and he does not suspect that she's a KGB agent. Yeah. That was was, my response. If he's naval intelligence, if he was naval intelligence and didn't pick that up, he, he needs to be fired. Like last week, <laughs> last month, last year. Yeah. So they, then the, the obvious answer is that he did. Who was targeting who? So if if you think of Dom being a double agent and now he tells his daughter to target this guy, what is he in fact creating? He's creating a Trojan horse. Because she, Blonde can will believe 
that she's targeting Reddington when in reality Reddington is targeting her. So you think that that was Blonde Cat? Yes. That tar- See, I don't. I don't at all. Well. Tell me why. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it, it's hard with her going forward. Um, but what I see is the, the, because, because that happens in Russia. So I think to me that would have to be uh, Blonde Cat. And they're establishing she is targeted. And it makes sense with what Rhett told Liz. You know, once you know about these things, so you keep going, do you, or just, just, there's a third way. You keep going, you keep, you spy on them. You well, I mean, that, that's what, what Liz's supposed father, you know, Ghost Reddington, <laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I've started calling everybody Ghost everything. Yeah. Um, that Ghost Reddington said in there is that he found out, but in order to save himself, he chose to continue the relationship and to yeah. spy on her. Just like Liz did with Tom, that she wanted to get the evidence. She wanted to find out about the gun. She wanted to find out about the passports. That's exactly, it tracks what, what Liz did. Um, so we get this and they get, you know, they're, she's supposed to be in Russian. Her mother is in America and they start this affair. And Liz is constructing the affair with what she knows. But let us just, Stop here and go to a very lovely scene that they presented us with. Tacoma Park. And this is the point where the second viewing, I started laughing. We learned who's Bubble Girl. And remember, Liz have seen the, the movie strips of Bubble Girl. Mm-hmm. So she knows that, and she, if she has researched everything, she probably got to that address and saw that the house are being destroyed. Um, so she can put two and two together. You know, the girl in the movies, the father making the movies, because obviously there was a movie there. And But I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to ask you to abstract what you think you know about that scene. And tell me what you saw. I saw a man that was presented as Raymond Reddington with a handheld camera with a little blonde girl blowing bubbles. Katarina Rostova inside with a baby. Yes. A lovely family thing. And there is at some point where in it goes on for years and there is another scene where she he's saying goodbye to her and she's staying inside the house. What does that suggest to you? That she lives there. There you go. That's her home. Yep. It was interesting because the way that Ghost Cat phrased it, she said that she watched, um, that, that she watched Jennifer one weekend when Carla was out of town. And it was very uncomfortable. That, that line struck me. Because this is a woman who's a trained operative. She has been lying and manipulating her entire life. This is what she does. She's very good at it. But somehow it was uncomfortable. Why? Why was it uncomfortable for her to watch Carla's child? I would think... I can understand that there would be some emotional complexity with Red. Or Reddington. You know, the mm-hmm. man that we are presented as Reddington or what have you. 
I can understand that. But thinking back, and I mean, because we only have Katarina through everybody else's eyes, mm-hmm. for me, it's easier to look through season one Tom's eyes because mm-hmm. trained operative from a young age, very similar outset. And if you were to drop Tom in that situation, in that mindset, Carla would have been a non-entity. Well, we saw a similar thing when he was in Russia in Redemption, and he was with a wife, with a, the fake wife, and he was like, "I'm sorry, we're not going there. I have a wife at home." But me, other but than that, he was that's like, later. "I'm comfy. I'm comfy here. I can go outside. I can save your butt because you're not really good at what you're doing and all that." He was fine. He was comfortable. But I'm saying that that's season one Tom pre yeah. pre redemption or super comfortable. He didn't care. It just she would have been a non entity to him, not directly involved with the mission. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that's that comment about how uncomfortable Katarina was was strange to me. It was one of those things that I just kind of did a head tilt yeah. at it and said, why? Why would you be uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, all that I saw is, you know, I don't, if you abstract the story and you leave the images, what you saw is that she lived there and that was their home and they were playing, he was playing with this and she was saying goodbye and that she was a spy and she was looking through his things. So that's what I'm seeing and I'm going and thinking, Oh boy, that's a very interesting image. Thank you very much. Now we know that Bubble Girl is Jennifer. And now please somebody explain to me in those who believe her the arena, why on earth something that Liz doesn't know, but we do, would Red Arena go and splice a whole home movie there and then watch Jennifer with tears in her eyes um, about you know, for the daughter of with Mark that he had no problem. Yeah. Agreed. Does it make any sense? No. Just the child of a Mark that's not her child. So why would she go and watch that movie while the song plays You Were Born? It doesn't make any sense. It does make sense if Red is Raymond Reddington. But other than that, it makes no sense whatsoever. That's his so only. I, I guess that leads to an interesting question because I I know that I had my own inclination as I was watching this ghost Reddington and all of this, and the way they set it up, I don't think it negates it by any stretch. Do you still think that Raymond Reddington that we know are red, James Bader red, was the same red? That was that went to the Naval Academy. That was Liz's father, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Absolutely. I, I was definitely leaning that way too. I knew your face. No, honey, you don't. Yeah. It's and so she was implanting a face there. Oh, oh maybe she that wanted was his to know face, him. But she maybe wanted to know him. She wanted to see th- this man. And let's say that that was actually young Reddington. Let's say that that was a younger version of Raymond Reddington's doing that. Um, now, we're looking at a interesting um, 
you know, and also let's look at some of the things that Red has said that make no sense with all this. Uh, I may be hard for you to imagine, but I once had a relatively normal life. Bills to pay, play dates, family, some friends, people to care about. Lost all that. Blonde Cat never had that. Katerina Rostova in this story never had that. She never had a normal life. She never had play dates and family and friends. She was an operative. Why are you saying Blonde Cat? Well, because I don't think that the, the woman who had that weird life was not the Katerina that grew up in America, loved being my Katerina, my daughter, the one that I'm protecting. Is the Russian one who was used, who was told who to sleep with, who was told who to marry. That's not the one that... that, that, that so how do you expect that, if that's supposed to be blonde cats... No, 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 are, no, not the woman in the house. I'm just saying, Okay. I'm going to what Red told Liz about... Uh, the fulcrum he said you know it may be hard for you to imagine but I once had that normal life so the, the rant that is telling Liz that he once had a normal life cannot be Rederina because yeah. Rederina never had a normal life she was a spy taught what to do told to sleep with men at age 15 told her what to do what to say where to go who to marry and who to sleep with well I don't think that that line does not track with either Katarina, either Lottie's cat or Blonde Cat. Well, it, it, both it's, of them had complicated yeah. lives. Exactly. So this is then the only person who had a normal life at one point seemed to have been Raymond Reddington. Then also we have, I raised my family in this house. Well, that was not Katarina, who was living with Constantine in Canada, or was in Russia and definitely was not raising anybody in, in the Tacoma Park house. So do you think that that is a, a house that they basically bought together? That was their when he was in no, Baltimore? No, I think that's a Reddington residence. And you know what I think who Katerina is? Oh, well. Yeah, except there was my, yeah, what I forgot to tell you, Blonde Cat, is that my wife is your twin. That's a whoopsie. <laughs> and and I mean it just or maybe there was another Carla. So hang on, are you are you I'm trying to unravel your your process. I'm saying here. what you saw is Red and Carla in their home. Then why would she say I was I when Carla was out of town? That doesn't track. Well that's Liz making that little story. I think what, that what we saw was a guy who was playing with his daughter, a woman who was with a baby that is a little younger than the do- than the other daughter. And then the woman, the guy says goodbye, leaves out and the woman remains in the house. Yeah. And again, that makes it difficult. But I also think we need to be careful t- that we're not cherry picking what we do. We don't want to fit theories. I'm. I'm only looking at the scenes, and the scenes to me don't tell me this is a spy who came in and occasionally played house in the house where he lived with his wife. And that they had a house. How could they have a house? She she was in Russia or she was in Canada? If he had a, a house off to the side, and every time she came through town, that's where 
where they met. That's what I'm saying. How would they then? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think that makes more sense, actually. (laughs) Um, It it doesn't it doesn't track with anything that we know. There is no indication of that. I mean, what we have is Red going into the Tacoma Park house and said, I raised my family here. Okay, so. There's, but if we, he's only raising his family every here and there, he there was also the comment that is, he only saw her. You know, they stole a few minutes in Paris and in this place and that place. But then they're sitting there in Tacoma Park. Yes, they're in Tacoma Park. And that is supposedly the place where he lives with his wife. That's When was that ever said? He said, I raised my family here. He never said that's where Carla No, no, no. I raised my family in this house. That's a Tacoma Park house. In that house, he remembers Bubble Girl. In that house, he remembers Bubble Girl. Thus, would he take his daughter, who can very well tell her mom, hey, we were to that other lady that is my mommy sometimes. I mean, what we have established is that that Tacoma Park house was the Reddington residence. That's where that Bubble Girl with Jennifer. You say that, but Bubble Girl Jennifer was about the same age as Liz was in the fire. And yet Katerina was dragging her around between Constantine and Red. And I assume that's it. But... She was doing that with Liz at that age and not worrying about Liz going, Papa Constantine, guess what? I just went to go see Papa Red. Well, that worry um, wasn't there. So I think it's safe to assume that we can take that back and that that can't be the sole thing we rest. Let's let's just divide this in (laughs) in two because so let's go to the Tacoma Park house. I think that we have to distinguish two things. Let's talk about Tacoma Park House in the context of Red is Redarina. Okay? And see why that doesn't work. I mean, we knew that Red had said that he led a normal life. That he had, you know, he lost all that. That he raised his family in that house, that Tacoma Park House. In that house, uh, Red remembers Bubble Girl and says that you know, he wants to forget what happened in that house. So that now what this episode tells us is Bubble Girl is Jennifer and that house then was if you put it all together, that house is the Reddington residence. So it doesn't work with Red Arena, like it never worked because Rederina. I don't think it, I don't think, I mean, like, and I'm not defending Rederina, don't get me wrong, but I don't think A equals B there. That just because they were there, because he said he raised his family there, there is a case to be made that raising his family, he only saw Masha slash Liz every once in a while. Yeah. So if he can, it depends on who he considers his family. If he considers Katarina and Masha and Jennifer, his family, then then he's raising his family there when they're all together. But that, if, back up, look at this. 
he says they met each other occasionally in Paris and Frankfurt and this. How does that track? It, I mean, look at it this way. Do all that you know from Red, from his actions and his words, match Red being Katharina concerning no. that house? I just, no. No. Okay, so let's eliminate that because we have found one of the occasions in which it doesn't make any sense. Red, Katerina would not have raised his family because she was living in, in mostly in, in, uh, in Canada with Constantine. Even if she took occasionally Liz to her father. And not Jennifer, raising... was not, Jennifer was not Katerina's daughter. Exactly. She was Carla's. Yes, and the girl that they're seeing there is not Liz, is Jennifer. So she wouldn't be saying that about that. So it's not, that completely takes that off. Now, let's go into the other thing that we know because there is no other clues is, can Red be Raymond Reddington? The Raymond Reddington that was in the Naval Academy, that was in Naval Intelligence, and who lived this very complicated life it makes sense he's saying he raised his family in there which was mostly jennifer and occasionally masha we saw that that tracks because there is a hidden growth panel from a girl that wasn't there all the time with uneven marks usually if people are going to have a growth panel they usually do it i don't know every three months at the beginning of each season every month it's not like one day is like a quarter, one year and a quarter, and the next one is like two years. I mean, what kind of growth chart is that? That means a girl that was there occasionally, you know, whenever they could slip in and get her in there, then they will mark it. So that makes sense to me. That tracks that he had a normal life and he had to, to, uh, to, to leave it and lost it. That tracks. And that Dembe tells her, you you uh, you gave up a normal a simple life a long time ago. So all of that tracks that Red is Raymond Reddington that occasionally he had his child in his house where he raised his family and he wouldn't be talking about raising his family about raising Liz there in a little house where he had Liz once in a while where we saw Katerina all over the place. It just doesn't track to me. So what it tracks in the image then, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not ready to say that. I'm not ready to do a dance. I know my writers and I, I try to be a smart mouse. <laughs> Is that what you saw was a very lovely family scene of a man playing with his older daughter, with a younger daughter, with a woman, and then another scene in which he leaves that house and the woman remains. We're also assuming that's the same house. Yeah, but it, it had the same bedroom all the time. And 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 Katerina could have really. It just it was a very specific scene, very specific. It lasted a second, but it was there. It served no purpose whatsoever. Rewatch that scene, and you see if. They don't exchange a word. They don't do anything. They kiss at the door. 
He turns around, she closes the door, he leaves, she's inside. She's dressed in a turtleneck, in a sweater. Maybe I missed that scene. And it's the it's very short, but when you see it, it, it it's the kind of thing, especially you as a writer. Why would you put that scene there? Those are precious seconds that you could use somewhere else. Do you have any more on the on the uh, Tacoma Park? Mm-mm. So I mean, it was very exciting because we got one answer: Who's Bubble Girl? And re- just to tell everybody, remember the scene of Red watching the home movies of Bubble Girl. I do think that there was one thing that was interesting because you and I both said at the beginning of the podcast, like, how dumb do you have to be? What kind of intelligence officer? walks in, meets a woman in a Russian <laughs> a Russian market uh, marketplace and or uh, grocery store and thinks this is just a meet cute. <laughs> you know? Like yeah, I'm but, so cute. I'm so cute that hey, women fall all over me. Apparently it's not I about mean, me being a naval officer in Moscow in the midst of KGB and they know who I am because my credentials have been but then we turn around and he supposedly sees that she didn't get the the code back correctly on on his briefcase and that's what what tips him off and he's going to research he he's going to watch her like she's been watching him mm-hmm. which which is a very interesting thing because um we have always said um, that the way Red related to to Liz about Tom at the beginning, telling him, you know, uh, you know that he was never real. He never loved him. For you, it was just just a job. Um, and one day, you know, and you're gonna you're waist deep in filth, and you're gonna have to travel through it to get to the other side. Felt. Like it was a lot more than just Tom, that it was a personal experience of him. I agree. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because she, when he's talking about going through and spying on her and finding out that she wasn't, she was more than she appeared, that she was with the cabal. And Liz turned, and it looks like she's turning to Katarina, but she also could be turning to Ghost Red, too. And says everything about you is a lie. And I, I think that may have been them with the misdirection there. Because at the in the pilot, Red said everything about me is a lie. And, and I think she was directing that at Ghost Red versus Ghost Cat. I, I think that that is her thinking, you know, maybe, you know, my, maybe Red is my mom. So... It, it could be. It could be. It could be. I, I just never got that vibe. Maybe the third time would be the charm, and I would see it as more than a red herring that was thrown out in cat and mouse game. But I, I felt like it was very much a, oh, this is a popular theory right now. Let's play with them. Yeah. It, you know, it's your turn to be the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there in some shape or form. This yeah. is not. Just try to be bad. a smart mouse. <laughs> Don't take the bait too long. Um, so I, I, that- I did get the impression. And if, and again, this is a big if because there are a lot of, of big question marks still going on here. 
that if the red we know was actually the red in these stories, then I think that would track very well with what you said about the way he reacted to Tom feeling so personal, um, you know, that, that he, he never loved you kind of thing. And because when, when they were talking about how he created the fulcrum and got the information, he was going to destroy Katarina. He was going to take Masha and he was going to leave Katarina out to dry. And that was his intention. I, it felt personal. It felt angry. Like, this is, you're going to do this to me? Well, look what I'm going to do to you. Mm-hmm. You screwed with the wrong guy. Yeah. And I think it is exactly what Liz did. I mean, he didn't go as far as to take Katarina that we know of to a boat and tie her to entertain her. <laughs> but, you know, don't, don't lose hope. We still might learn some little things or two. But I think that Liz is far more violent than Red is. I mean, I think that, that Red's violence is always being towards an objective. Yeah. When he I, exert I, violence, he does it because it's the only way to get there or the most expeditious way to get there. Not because he actually has that violence in him. It's not an emotional reaction. When she shot Tom in season one, I don't think that was... She was just fighting what she thought was for her life. She mm-hmm. legitimately thought he was going to shoot her. She, You know, it, there was a lot she didn't know at that point. But she thought, from her point of view, she was fighting for her life. And then there was this moment between them when he gave her a secret that we still don't really know if we know what he said. And she was... There were looks exchanged there in which I think in that moment she was questioning, like, did he love me? You know, is it possible he loved me? And then once she actually saved his life, she got over that real fast. (laughs) And it got into the emotional red hot rage of I'm going to learn everything. You are now giving me answers. And if you don't look at you, you're going to die of infection. (laughs) So, I mean, that I think that red doesn't have. So this, uh, this is a very different, different feel to them, but there was definitely something personal in red, the way he experienced what Tom did. It felt like it was more than, Oh, I love Liz and I don't, and I hate Tom for doing this and I hate what's happening. It's like, I know what you're feeling. Yeah. I know the anger. I know the anxiety. I know I've been in your shoes and I know that it's hard to stop loving somebody for what they've done to you. And so, all that to say that if all of that is accurate and if that was the real, you know, if that was our Raymond Reddington that we know, and sometimes occasionally love. <laughs> I think he almost had to have been fooled. Yes, I think he, he was. So smitten. Yeah. Which I'm just like, dude, you deserve to lose your job. Like, no. full form. <laughs> yeah. and, and we do not know the entire story. It's true. Because this is a very complex story. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the sim- semi-abrupt stop. This episode that we recorded was over two hours long, something like two hours and 20 minutes. And so I'm splitting it into 
two sections uh, so we can get you an episode out today and hopefully an episode out tomorrow. So stay tuned and the second half will be posted hopefully before the end of the weekend. Keep your fingers crossed that nothing, <laughs> nothing unexpected happens. You can catch us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, and test us over on Reddit. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And till next time, bye-bye.